And joining us now is Matthew Tukaki, Executive Director of the Maori Council. Matthew, good afternoon. Oh, good to be with you. Kia ora, Matt. Look, can, can, you, can you make this simple for me? Who's buggered this up? Well, I think successive governments have managed to bugger this one up. I mean, let's not forget this goes right back to the confiscation of that land uh, way back in the 1860s. It fell into private hands. There have been multitudes of uh, opportunities over recent decades to sort out not just that piece of land, but land that is essentially archaeologically and historically significant, not just to Māori, but to all New Zealanders. You know, our first settlements, uh, our first uh, recorded uh, market gardens and gardens mm. in this country. I mean, it's, uh, I, I explained it this afternoon. I mean, how would you feel if somebody came along and said, well, OK, the lease is up on the Auckland Town Hall. Uh, we're going to replace that with one of those new Wisbank casinos. Now, it's about the, the buildings and the places of significance, not just to Māori, but to all New Zealanders. But then along, along comes that, that, those pesky idiots at local government who, let's face it, couldn't manage a, a rat in a basket. Uh, and they managed to suck this up before the uh, the Super City Council merger. So See, they washed their hands of it, Matt. They said, oh, oh no, this is a done deal, this is all fine, and now they're oh, going, oh, yeah. we didn't like this deal. Oh, I know. What a pack of recalcitrant, absolute useless people that we've got running these councils. So what they've done is they've gone and, um, uh, you know, they've started a path towards sorting this out as the Monaco City Council all those years ago. Auckland City Council... Um, with no understanding of what it means to develop land in any given suburb in this in the city of ours, uh, then decide, well, OK, we're just going to do X, Y and Z, problem solved. Well, now, of course, they're all backtracking, feeling bad about themselves, when in reality we should be having a look at this. Yes, this might be a Māori protest, for all the right reasons I might add, and I was out there yesterday, but actually there is a broader national discussion to be had around planning and development, bylaws, infrastructure development, uh, what the needs of, the, of, of a particular city is, population growth that puts pressure on the need to build more houses in outlying suburbs, and you know, all of these different issues. This is not just a Māori issue. Um, this is very much an issue for all New Zealanders to say, look, what is the future of our country when it comes to population density? Where are we going to be building? And what sites of archaeological and historical significance uh, actually should we be protecting for future generations? Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the program, and especially given that you were there yesterday. We appreciate your time. That's Matthew Tukahi, Executive Director of the Maori Council. Uh, we also wanted to hear from Hone Harawera, and he's with us now. Hone, as far as what you think will happen next with regards to these protests, what do you believe is going to be happening in the coming weeks? Well, first of all, I think they're going to be staying exactly where they are. Congratulations to... Tania and her supporters for getting the call out and particularly to everybody else for responding so positively to their call. I think it's important for New Zealanders to see Ihu Matau as the bastion point of the 21st century and to understand in the same way that uh, the action taken at bastion point was to protect that land so that it would be there in its beauty forever so too is the call being made for Ihumatau to be kept in the pristine state that it is now. And there's no reason, no reason whatsoever, that the government can't act to make that happen. So who do you reckon is going to win, Hone? Well, I don't think it's a case of winning or losing. I think, essentially, that uh, I'd like to see Wade Natawa, who has worked really, really hard for a long, long time on, uh, on a treaty claim for his people, getting together with some of those over at Ilmato at the camp there 
and getting together and going to the Prime Minister and to the government and saying, <clears throat> this is a serious claim, we want it back. And for the, for the government to have a chat to Fletcher's and say, now listen there, Fletcher's, we've been doing business with you for more than 100 years. Over that time, you have made billions and billions and billions of dollars. What say we come to an agreement, we'll buy, we'll give you extra little pieces of land and, and other housing developments that we do in other parts of the country, and you allow us to have that back so we can give it back to the people of Ilmata. It can be done, all of this fear that is going to wreck the treaty settlement uh, structure of the treaty settlement framework is unnecessary in this situation. Okay, uh, Jorge, I, I heard reports that uh, that uh, Hannah Tamaki was out there. There's all there's protesters being bust in. Is it is it fair to say there's a bit of protest tourism happening here? Actually, I went on with Brian Tamaki and Hannah Tamaki. Oh, so it's you. You're the guy that brought them there. after Matthew and in case you didn't know. Brian Tamaki himself is a descendant of the Kiwi Tamaki and the people of Waiohua were actually tied to Fenua to that land. He didn't want to come. He didn't want to come because he was afraid that he was going to get caught up in, yeah. in the whole heart of it. And uh, a friend of his convinced him and said, no, no, this is your Fenua. It's right that you go out there. You support it. We know that a lot of your people support it, so you should go. So... Um, See, see, so, see Jorge, so, some of the protesters don't fuck a papa back to there. Oh, actually, it's not quite true. Not some of them. I'd say thousands of them don't fuck a papa back to there. But all of the people who go out there support the kaupapa of that occupation in the same way that thousands, tens of thousands over that time supported the people of Ngati Fatu Akiorake to win back Pestian Point so that it is there for the beauty of all to see forever. Now, we did that with the thousands of people, just like yourself, them and everybody else from all around the country and all around the world, including people like John Denver, Bob Marley and the Whalers, and many, many other people. I wasn't expecting uh, John Denver to get a mention there. That's fantastic. Hone, we've got to run, but we really appreciate you being on the program. Just very, very quickly, could you explain one of the differences which seems to be from this, from Bastion Point, is the generational divide amongst Maori. Could you explain why there seems to be such a generational split of opinion over what to do here? There isn't. I'm 64. Um, I, I, when I arrived there, two of my daughters were already there. One of my daughters flew up from Dunedin to be there. Um, I, my grandson was there, and I saw on the Facebook um, about two or three days ago, two of my great-granddaughters were there. So, I mean, that's as gener intergenerational as you can get, brother. So it's happening right across the generations. It's happening right across the, the spectrum in terms of people who are coming, Pākehā, Māori, Pacific Islanders, all sorts of people coming to support it. Thank you again for being on the program. Kia ora, Hone. Hone Harawira.